Great question. The Manufacturing Podcast offers news and information for the people who make, store, and move things, and those who manage and maintain the facilities where that work gets done. Please enjoy the audio from this February 8th live stream. Hello, good morning or afternoon, depending on your time zone. This is Robert Schoenberger with Industry Week, and welcome to Production Pulse, our bi-weekly look at uh, things going on in the manufacturing world. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, today we have a great panel. Uh, we're going to be talking about contests and how to really use them to improve operations. We're, we've just launched the 2024 application system for Industry Week's Best Plant Awards, which uh, we use to rate companies in lots of different industries and operations across a lot of different domains every year. And we have one of our former judges, uh, hopefully current judges on the Best Plans program, Rick Bohan, who is the principal and CEO and all around uh, best person at Chagrin River Consulting here in uh, Northeast Ohio. And we also have Brandon Davis, who is now with uh, Dex the Dexter Axel Group as vice Pre president of components. Uh, he is a former winner of the Best Plants Awards uh, two years ago with uh, Texas Oil Tools a company down in Conroe, Texas, where the mosquitoes are huge and it's very, very hot outside. Someone who grew up in Houston, not too far away, I have fond memories of leaving Conroe when uh, it got too hot. <laughs> uh, and also we have Jill Jusco, uh, the executive editor at Industry Week, who runs that Best Plants program and has been in charge of that for 20 plus years now. So welcome Great everyone. Uh, so we, we talk about contests as mainly for bragging rights, but there's more to it than that. And uh, Rick, uh, about a year or so ago, you wrote a piece, you actually wrote two pieces uh, for us here at Industry Week of kind of the value of uh, contests and what you get out of them. Can you talk a little bit about you know, some of the actual concrete benefits you get from participating in something like this? Sure, sure. And, and, and wrote that because sometimes in the past I've had clients that I talked to about, um, for instance, going back to the Malcolm Baldrige Quality Award and the Performance Award. And sometimes there was a reluctance to uh, be seen as interested in awards. Okay. Uh, and, and so we're responding to that. What I told uh, would tell those folks and tell folks now uh, got somebody, a friend that's trying to get interested in just filling out the application itself is very beneficial, okay? Just filling out the application will teach you a lot about your own organization, uh, the strengths, the things that you're doing well in the organization as vis-a-vis -vis continual improvement, and some of the things that perhaps you've overlooked or haven't developed fully. So just uh, that alone, filling out the application uh, provides benefits. Right. And Jill, you have talked about that several times. Our, our, our application is really detailed. The Baldridge Awards that you mentioned, they've gone through a pretty big uh, changeover in how they, uh, uh, the criteria they set up. I, can you share some of the things you've heard over the years from companies that, that they've, things they've learned just from go, going through that, the start of the process? Well, one of the things that they have learned is what they don't know about themselves. Um, so they have been maybe thinking that they're going along just fine um, or not knowing what other manufacturers are collecting in terms of data. So it's hard to improve if you aren't collecting data. And uh, in many instances, what they are learning is, well, we're, we really aren't collecting data or we aren't collecting data anywhere that we can find that data. Um, and I do wanna just make one quick comment on 
a point that Rick made um, uh, with regard to companies not wanting to look like they're going after awards. And I do want to make just a little bit of a comment about that with regard to the best plans since I run it is one of the points of that program um, is to give, uh, I don't want to say pats on the back because maybe that doesn't sound good, but it is to give some pats on the back to, it's a plant level competition. So it is to give pats on the back to the people who actually make product. And for any company, you know, for a company thinking we don't want to look like we're going after awards, you know, in this instance, you know, you're acknowledging the great work that your plant floor operations folks are doing, getting your product out. Brandon, that really brings up uh, something you told me a couple of years ago when you were going through this process with us, that um, it, it was a motivator. It was a way of really showing it was, it was you said it as a goal for the company and you shared that with the team early on. Can you talk, talk, talk us through that, uh, how you use this as a motivator to get them to where you wanted the, the, the group to be? Yeah, you know what I mean? I, 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 I kind of I'm a big sports guy. Will's growing up. I've always been a big fan of competition. Um, above the board competition. And I think sometimes, uh, specifically in the scenario where I was running the plant in oil and gas, there's plenty of oil and gas awards, but sometimes when you win one of those, it kind of feels like this. When you go and step into an arena where now you're competing against multiple industries, some of them having nothing to do with oil and gas, you really have to sharpen your pencil and you have to improve your manufacturing fitness. And like Jill commented, just just entering the arena and filling out the application, uh, it's intimidating. And But it creates a strong sense of awareness of blind spots you, you may not be paying attention to as far as your journey to improve your operational performance. So, uh, you know, when I, when I was able to talk the team off the cliff about being nervous about it, um, and I said, listen, the worst that can happen is, what's hap is, is, is what we're dealing with right now, which is you have not won. So, um, yeah, once 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 they followed me uh, through the application process and we started the journey, which took quite a few years of heavy lifting, um, when we started nearing the finish line, moreover, when we found out we made the short list, not even when we found out we won, when we made the short list, I can't, unless you experience that, I think it's hard to explain it. It is, and it is such an amazing exhilarating emotional release that um and and it's validation that the work you've been putting into the business is is is, is not only directionally correct but it's moving the business forward and it's recognized by people outside the industry as as a top performing uh business practice so yeah it's interesting i uh, so many of the companies when they do get and not just for uh, best plans although we do best plans, so I care a lot about this program. But when you look at the Baldrige, when you look at uh, the Shingo Prize, some of these other great recognitions of, of best practices in manufacturing, uh, the, the way people share that within an organization, we, we've had companies take out billboards. Uh, you had Texas Oil Tools, you had shirts printed up with so, so people could celebrate that. And, and it does become this sort of team building thing uh, on top of just recognition of where you were. Uh, it's something to really share with people. Yeah, it, I, I'll tell you what, I mean, I, we had made a pretty tight locker room, but when we won that award, 
I mean, that locker room was probably the best I'd seen in manufacturing in my travels in close to 25 years. So it was outstanding. And, and Rick, you know, when, when it comes to, obviously, to, to be worth something, there has to be some standards to, to the award. If it's something that you, everyone applies who wins, you know, that, that it, it's good to put on your, your website or whatever, but it might not really uh, serve as that motivator. You, you've been involved with uh, setting guidelines, setting criteria. What, what should people look for when they're looking at these sorts of contests? You know, if it seems easy to win, is that a bad sign? Oh, I think I think we lost your audio there, Rick. I told myself I'd get that back on. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I think the issue is, uh, and Brandon can speak to this as well, when, when, when a company, an organization is first applying, it doesn't really know what the standards are. Um, and so just again, going back to my uh, point earlier, just looking at the application uh, and finding out Oh, this is important. This is the sort of thing we'll be evaluated on. This is this is an element of you know a good example in the uh, best plants award is the uh, how they treat and how they manage and how they implement technology. And I can verify you know I'm bash for the fact that uh, a lot of my clients over the years don't think of that other than just you know what's our accounting software. So I can imagine a lot of plants have looked at that and say and it's caused that light bulb to go off and say. We need to know more about this. We need to know what the standards are for excellence in this particular category are. So, so again, yeah, you know, whether it's easy or it's hard, back to Jill's point, the fact that uh, plants and organizations find out, learn what's really important, um, where they may have some deficits with respect to continuous improvement. Yeah, and Jill, you and I have talked about this over the past couple of years, that some of the things that people tend to be surprised about in questions where we struggle sometimes to get data on questions are usually on that supply chain side. You know, what, what sort of on-time delivery are you getting from your suppliers and what sort of on-time delivery are you getting out of your plant to your customers? Because those are both really measures of operational performance, even though they might not seem that way initially. Well, you know, I have to say, I just before you asked that question, I jotted that down because the on-time delivery from your suppliers, right? Your, you know, your plant isn't an island. How your suppliers are performing impacts how you are performing. And I have been surprised um, over the years, the real lack of, you know, good information from even key suppliers um, in terms of, you know, how many days, how frequently are, are they on time? How frequently aren't they on time? Uh, how much lead time do I really need to, to um, uh, you know, have available to make sure I get my, my product? Now, um, on time to deliver to your customer, they usually have a much better handle on that because, of course, their customer is letting them know. Um, but yeah, metrics like that, I would expect every facility to have that kind of readily available, or I would have. Um, and so I, I am surprised sometimes when when it doesn't um, happen. Yeah, Brandon, I mean, that, that's probably, you know, you, you live in that world right now at uh, Dexter with a, you supply the RV and the, the trucking industry. So you, you have lots of very large, 
customers, I'm sure, talking to you constantly about getting their, their product in. And that means you have to get uh, your raw materials in. Uh, is this something that uh, just every plant manager, every uh, director of operations should really have that understanding of the supply chain? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think without question, I mean, if you, if you don't have a tight supply chain, if you don't have the cadence ironed out on deliveries, um, any metric for on-time delivery performance beyond that first uh, supplier performance metric, it, it, if, if your supply performance is 85%, the best you're ever going to be is 85%, period. So, you know, when we're targeting 98 99%, your suppliers have to be right there next or you really just don't have a shot of winning. Um, so that's probably, you know, that's that's the first step in being successful in manufacturing is making sure your raw material ins input supply partners are top level performers themselves. That's great. But the point, I guess some of the point though is they don't, the, like a manufacturer might not even know what the cadence of their supplier is, you know, and if you don't know that, what are you doing? You're probably carrying more inventory because you can't count on your suppliers. It's just got this, you know, effect that ends up impacting your operations from start to finish. What Jill said, um, um, what Jill said with respect to supply chain made me think one of the, uh, some of the value I think organizations can get out of applying for the award is, I think lots of organizations see themselves as being good at addressing problems when they arise. Okay, so when when <clears throat> when things hit the fan, we get on it, we solve that problem. <clears throat> and of course, good at seeing that there's a problem and addressing it is not the soul of continual improvement. The soul of continual improvement is just what Brandon's organization, some of the organizations that I that we saw in the time that I judge is what do you do to make sure to preempt those problems? What processes and policies and procedures and metrics do you have in place so that you don't have so many problems to address? And I think that's a, a, a significant shift in perception that uh, getting engaged with something like the uh, Industry Week's Best Plants Award can can create. It's on a personal level there. It's a, yeah, a lot of people rise into management ranks one way or another by being really good at putting out fires. And, Bingo. Uh, converting that into preventing fires is a really hard mind shift to take on. It's, it's almost, I, I'm so good when things are bad. Why do I want to prevent things from being bad? There's a weird uh, a motivation there sometimes. One of the things I tell my clients is get rid of manufacturing heroics. Our material's bad, our equipment's bad, our suppliers are bad, but by gosh, we get the job done. No, don't do that. Yeah. Don't make the job harder than it needs to be. That's always yeah. a good idea. Well, thank you all for joining us today. Brandon, Rick, thank you for, for sharing your expertise. Uh, Jill, can you just give a little uh, detail about uh, when, when the how long we're taking applications and how people can go ahead and enter? Sure. So just briefly, if you're not familiar with the Industry Week Best Plants Awards competition, it is a celebration of manufacturing excellence in North America at the plant level. Um, the competition has been open. March 18th is the deadline. And we do have a March 4th early bird deadline that can save you a few dollars on the application fee. Right. And you can find the application and all the information on industryweek.com. Uh, and thanks everyone for joining today. We'll be back in two weeks for our next production pulse, uh, where we'll be discussing diversity, equity, and inclusion in the manufacturing world as part of our celebration of Black History Month. Thank you everyone for joining and have a great afternoon.
Thank you. Take care.